episode of From the Honeycomb. I am your host, Katerina Burianova, and I have a very special guest with me here today, my husband, Jesse. Jesse, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you. Hello, everyone. Thank you. This is take six, I think. I've been yeah, a little yeah, nervous <laughs> nervous with having him here, but the reason Jesse is here today is we are going to talk about the destination wedding we just had in Madeira and what it was like planning in the middle of a pandemic, not only a wedding, but a destination wedding, a destination that only one person from our group of 21 had ever been to. A lot of people had to look it up on a map, and that's because we had our wedding on a little island called Madeira in the middle of the Atlantic. Um, it's off the coast of Portugal. And so we have a few tips. We want to share how we found Madeira, how we planned, how what it was the week of, the month of, the day of the wedding, and just any tips we can share with anybody who is interested in planning a destination wedding. But as we begin every episode, let's start with something we're grateful for. Would you like me to go first? Sure. All right. So, as I said, we planned a destination wedding, and I am beyond grateful. Just the people who came, the professionals we hired, all the vendors were amazing, our wedding planner. I'm just so grateful that it all worked out because it was definitely hard leading up to the wedding, but I'm so grateful for just everybody who came, all the people that were surrounding us, even the day of the wedding, the staff at the hotel, just I have such a sense of gratitude for everybody who was part of our big day. I would say I'm also grateful for the family and friends who made the trip. I think leading up to it, our position, Katarina and I's position was, oh yeah, it's a destination wedding, but everybody should be happy because it's this beautiful venue, it's a beautiful island. It's uh, semi-exotic. So you get this kind of sense of entitlement that, oh, people should just be grateful that they're going to a destination wedding at such an awesome location. But then once you're there and you realize how much effort it takes to get there and all the COVID tests and procedures and wearing a mask on a flight for 30 hours. And once you're there, then you have a much, much greater appreciation for everybody who made it because it's not easy to get there. It's not inexpensive. So that just it brought it all to a much more realistic state once we were there. So how did we find Madeira? I guess that's the question we got a lot, especially when we got to the island. Why Madeira? Why did we choose Madeira? And originally the idea of Madeira goes back nine years for me. I actually saw Madeira on an episode of uh, The Bachelorette, and Jesse's over here just shaking his head. Yes, this whole idea came from The Bachelorette, but they were on the island of Madeira. I thought, wow, what an incredibly beautiful place, but never made it out there since seeing it on the show, and two and a half years ago-ish, Jesse and I were in Costa Rica. We were staying at this very cute little bed and breakfast and our boutique hotel. It was more of a boutique, boutique hotel. hotel. Yeah, it was actually a boutique hotel. And one of the owners was from Madeira. We thought, oh my gosh, that's so great. I said, yeah, I've heard of this island. It's so beautiful. So we said, why don't we plan a trip there? And Jesse was actually hoping to propose. Yeah. So my, uh, well, for me, the first time I ever heard of Madeira was when we were in Costa Rica. 
I do not have a nine-year history with the Bachelor franchise. That was a first for me. And Andre there at the hotel just spoke so highly of it. And and we've all been to Hawaii. He was talking about, you know, uh, it's a beautiful island, uh, similar to the some of the Hawaiian islands. So, so for me, that's the first time I heard about it. And then we started planning on a summer visit there in 2020. I had planned on proposing there. And then, of course, COVID changed all of that. Yeah, we had our flights booked. We had one or two accommodations booked. And then, of course, 2020 COVID happened. And so you ended up proposing in Montecito, California, which is beautiful, too. Then we still thought, you know what, 2021, let's just try to do a destination wedding in Madeira, at least celebrate the wedding, if not the proposal. And so we started researching wedding planners, and we ended up having two interviews with wedding planners. The one wedding planner just just didn't really sit with us. And then, but the first interview we had was with Eugenia, who ended up being our wedding planner from Dream Day Weddings. And I'll provide a link to all of the vendors we mentioned, everybody that was involved in the wedding in the show notes. So you'll have all the links there. But Eugenia from Dream Day Wedding was amazing from the very beginning. She just had this energy about her. And after we had our interview call with her, Jesse said, you said a really great thing. He said, we're going to be with this person for a year, if not more, because we are, even though we're just planning one day of our lives, we are constantly going to be in communication. And Eugenia had just this fun energy about her. There's just something, it just clicked. It really clicked. The chemistry between the three of us really clicked. And so we hired her August of last year, I would say. Yeah. And we, our wedding Mm. was September, 2021. And Throughout this last year, we have been in contact with her. Every few weeks, we had a call, 6 a.m. our time, afternoon her time. And she really just made the whole process fun. Just her attitude. I mean, we laughed. We cried with her a few times. Like, it was quite emotional throughout the year because, of course, as the pandemic continued, there was kind of a concern for us. Job-wise, we would be okay. Thankfully, we had that feeling. But... We didn't know if any of the vendors would still have jobs when we got there, what borders would be open or closed. Things were getting worse in the spring than better than the fall. Just everything was constantly, it was a roller coaster of events. Then we had a few, you know, personal things, health things came up. Then you're worried about other family members, how everybody's going to be throughout the year. Is something going to happen where we're going to have to postpone? I had my architecture exams and we know we can't plan everything as we want it to, but we're really hoping, fingers crossed, like we pull this off. And we really, I'm amazed. I'm still amazed we pulled it off the whole trip that everybody got there. Nobody tested negative. I mean, positive. positive. Sorry. (laughs) Nobody tested positive. I wish I tested negative. No, positive. No, I wish I tested positive because I did not want to leave the island. I actually tried everything I could for us. I was hoping borders would close because I loved it there so much. I was hoping I would test positive. A volcano erupted right before we left. In the Canary Islands. In the Canary Islands. I thought, well, this is it. This is my shot that some natural disaster is going to make us stay because the island was so beautiful. But I don't want to get off track. So back to the wedding. So leading the month before the wedding, I would say 
was probably emotionally and mentally one of the harder months? Well, I think for a couple of reasons. Like we had work stressors here. Mm -hmm. We had family stressors here outside of the wedding mm -hmm. planning. And then we had, you know, that it was it was getting so close. I think for a while, because we were in sort of this pandemic state, that at least for me, there was like, there was almost a sense of like, is it really going to happen? Mm -hmm. So like you, I don't know if it, like there was always that uncertainty. So I think that kind of tempered the anxiety a little bit. Like I'm not going to get full blown anxious because man, it may not even make, like may not even happen. Like, so like those things that you may stress out about, about your wedding planner or the events or what you kind of had this, well, maybe, maybe not even stress about it because may never get there. But so for me, that was kind of, that made it a little bit interesting. Mm -hmm. That's true. And it just made me remind too, actually, one of the more harder months, I think too, was possibly in June before we got all our RSVPs because, and anybody who's planned a wedding or destination wedding, first off, RSVPs, hard, people are hard to get those back to you. But second off, so many people who said they would be able to make it were full-blown and at the last minute dropped out. And I think that's something as just an advice is be prepared to have, and people had different reasons, whether it was financial, you know, the pandemic, it traveling during COVID is something else. Like we discovered internationally, especially it's a whole nother ball game than when you used to travel, just the requirements, everything. So some people, I think maybe ended up getting a little anxious about that. So that was also hard. And you have to be prepared that it's not you. It's not, they're not going because of you, but there are so many factors out there right now that make it more difficult for people to come and be available and be at your wedding. Yeah, I think for us, like for us and our planning and, and the money we were spending towards the wedding, we always knew there was a chance where it could get, be postponed. And one of the great things our wedding planner was doing on our behalf was talking to vendors when we were booking them and securing with them contracts that if we had to postpone, you know, that, that we wouldn't lose money. Or if we had to postpone, say, even a year, that the vendors would honor their original contract amount and not inflate the price so we always had this sort of, we're spending money on this destination wedding and yeah, there's a chance it could get postponed, but eventually we're going to use those funds will go towards a wedding or a ceremony of some type. But that's not the case for all the people we asked to attend. Those people would be spending money, flights and accommodations to an island that other than our wedding, they had no ties to. So it, it is more difficult for them because they're spending money on a flight where if the wedding was canceled due to the pandemic. They would just be out that money like they, you know that they, they don't have any other reason to go there so i think that's another thing that we didn't really fully appreciate until we were on the island no for sure and you bring the great point back up with the vendors is if you are planning that destination wedding and especially during covid definitely talk to the vendors and say if because even in our contract with the wedding planner it said if we had to quarantine or due to borders closing we would still be able to, we wouldn't be refunded, but we would just be able to have the wedding at a later date. So see what you're comfortable with. Are you more, you know, when you are talking to the vendors, are you comfortable with not getting a full refund back, but maybe moving the wedding to a later date? Or if you know that this is the only time I can have the wedding, I would need a full refund, then 
definitely talk to your vendors about that before you sign up with them because that communication is really important. And yeah, thankfully all our vendors were still in business, which was great. Yeah. And if your destination wedding is like ours was, where it's on the other side of the globe, where it's in a land or neither one of us speak Portuguese. So we had to rely heavily on our wedding planner to, because when we say speak with our vendors, like obviously that wasn't us. Like we, mm-hmm. we did with as many that we could have video conferences with months in advance, but that was more just to get a feel for personality that obviously wasn't contract negotiation. That wasn't, you know, terms of their work. So we relied heavily on our wedding planner to do that on our behalf. Um, one, she's in their time zone to, you know, that that's her profession. And Eugenia was amazing at it. She treated us like we were close friends of hers that she was arranging this wedding for. Mm-hmm. It just, that's the feeling that she gave us. That's the feeling that we always had with her. It was like, yes, we hired her, but everything she did for us was as if, we were close personal friends and just making sure that our best interests were in mind. Yeah, we definitely got lucky there with her. So that's definitely, we can't compare with other wedding planners. It's the only wedding planner we've ever used. And it's, she was amazing. So as we talked about the vendors beforehand, so we didn't really have a relationship with them until the week of the wedding. When we arrived on the island and we had We met with the major vendors. We met with our videographer, our photographer, DJ, and I had a hair and makeup trial, which that's also something else, just on a side note for all the the brides. Wherever you're going, sometimes the fashion or the looks are different than what you're used to back home. So for me, I also very rarely wear a lot of makeup. And just looking at how the styles in Madeira were, it's, it's, it's a lot more like brighter colors, the eyeshadow is more dramatic. And so I was very concerned about how I was going to look because I wanted to look natural as myself, but of course done up with makeup. And so what really, really helps is photos. Photos of what you're thinking, your inspiration, because so much also can get lost in translation or how you imagine things. And so bring photos of how you want your hair, the front, the back, the makeup, everything, and communicate the best thing. I mean, my makeup artist, she did an amazing job. That was bulletproof makeup. I cried the whole evening (laughs) pretty much, and that makeup did not move. But definitely use pictures, use anything you can, because when you are meeting with the vendors in person, thankfully ours all spoke English, but if you do end up with someone who you want to work with, but there is a language barrier, photos were a huge help and so yeah back to the week of the wedding just meeting with the vendors i think that gave us a huge sense of comfort who we ended up picking too once we met them in person yeah and i think meeting with the vendors for instance your photographer and your videographer with both of those guys we had a additional shoot with them and with our photographer miguel we were able to have that second shoot with him prior to the wedding and just in in different obviously different clothes we were in our wedding clothes but that gave us an opportunity to for him to kind of get a, a feel on how katarina and i vibe together and sort of how adventuresome we are so that was a huge benefit because we had that time with them ahead of the wedding. 
Nuno, our videographer, we weren't able, just because of our schedule, we were not able to have our second shoot with him before the wedding. We actually did our second shoot with him after the wedding. And so you could tell where Miguel after at the wedding and after the wedding pictures, Miguel had this sense of comfort with us and direction. We weren't, he wasn't hesitant about just kind of just saying, Hey, go do this or try that. Cause he are, we already spent half a day with him in multiple locations on the Island. So he, we had this real sense of familiarity with him, but also because he was an amazing photographer and he had just this, this amazing energy. And we found that same energy with Nuno, our videographer, but really on the second shoot, mm-hmm. because that first shoot, Katarina and I just got married and like, mm-hmm. we've got family roaming around everywhere. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to take that time in between the ceremony and dinner to go off and do our photo shoot and video. And, and so you could feel there was a little bit of a difference there. Mm-hmm. And like I said, our second shoot with Nuno, our videographer, we actually did some underwater photography and just that. So that second time with him was sort of the same as the second time with Miguel. We had more familiarity. We kind of had a sense of each other. And it was just much more relaxed. So if you can, like, if you can get to your destination early and have a photo shoot, and if you're going to have a videographer, have that video shoot before your wedding, I highly recommend it. Because I think it made a big difference in our wedding day photos, having had spent that time with Miguel, our photographer, a few days before. No, absolutely. There's definitely that difference. And so those, yeah, photographer, videographer, the vendors you're interacting with the most on the day of your wedding would be the ones you'd want to meet in person. Like we never met the person who did our flowers. Flower staff. Yeah, no. And also we should mention the the venue. The venue was the Reed's Palace Hotel. And so we didn't have to worry about catering because the hotel has a restaurant. So we had the food from the restaurant, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the, yeah. yeah it's a five-star restaurant. So the, the food was excellent. We didn't have a tasting before um, of any of the food. We, we kind of went through their menu pretty extensively and we were able to customize the meals and everybody was able to order, order a meal specific to them. So it wasn't a buffet, but, you know, it was a plated meal and it was excellent. Well, everybody got their own menu, which was amazing with what they ordered. And so typically in Portugal, and this is also in the Czech Republic in weddings, everybody has the same meal. So the bride and groom pick a meal and that's what you eat. But coming from America, you usually when you get your you know, RSVP card, it says you want the chicken, the beef or the mm-hmm. vegetarian dish. And so we ended up asking Eugenia to ask the hotel, can we ask our, our guests what they want and then let them, you know, pick, of course, we'll get it ahead of time. And so we, and, but we did, we, we gave them a whole seating arrangement with everybody's menu choices ahead of time. So they knew how many, you know, and we did, we kept it a chicken meal, a beef meal, and I think we had a fish meal. Yeah. But speaking of that, speaking of a typical Portuguese wedding dinner or typical Czech wedding dinner. So one of the things we realized when we met with our wedding planner and the venue staff before the wedding was typically in Portugal for the wedding dinner, you uh, guests are told which table number they sit at, but then they just sort of seat themselves. There's no, there's no actual seating arrangement. And so we, Katarina and I thought, 
we spent a lot of time, Katarina spent a lot of time setting up the guest tables by, um, because we have friends and family from all over the world, setting up the guest table by who would have something in common to talk about what languages are spoken at that table. So not only was the table really specific, each person and where they sat was specific so that the person they're seated next to was somebody that they could have conversation with. So when we realized that the Reed's Palace didn't typically do a seating arrangement, they just they just would tell a guest what table to sit at. We had to, and we this is one of those things. Sometimes you have to be a little more assertive. So we it took a few minutes of conversation with our planner and the staff that we actually need guests to sit specifically where we had sent you know had had uh, submitted the seating chart with. And not only so that they get the right meal, which that was, we weren't concerned they were going to get the meal they selected, but we wanted them to sit where we intended them to. So that was something that's not typical in Portugal and something that we never thought we would have to explain because we did a, we sent them a full seating arrangement, mm -hmm. assuming that people were going to, there'd be like a very American, which is a little name tag at your seat. So so-and-so sits here. That's not common in Portugal. So the staff did a great job. They went beyond just little name tags like Katarina was saying each person had an individual customized menu with their name and what they were getting for that meal for the appetizer the meal the dessert or drinks at each place setting so that was phenomenal that was even better than we were expecting but it, it took a minute because it went from their the staff's first response was okay well we'll just put a bulletin board up at the front of the seating area and it'll say table one two and three and then you'll, and then next to your name will be a number. That way you know what table to sit at. And, we're, and it just, it took a minute to evolve that into, no, we need each person sitting exactly where we want them to. Yeah. So definitely be assertive on certain things that are important to you. That's a huge, huge thing. But did we have a board of any sort? No, uh, no we had nothing. Oh my goodness. So people just sat, they had the little, oh yeah, they had their names on a little piece of paper. The staff did that. was seating them right. yeah oh yeah, yeah, yeah eugenia and the yeah, staff yeah. were seating them yeah. but yeah they're like oh you know yeah. so and so okay i'm sorry okay. you're sitting here yeah, yeah, yeah. um so yeah so you need to be you need to be assertive about something some things i think you need to be able to let go like one of the things that we had talked about with the venue staff in our first view first viewing of the venue they asked us you know how do you want your guests to come in do you want them to arrive through the palace and down through the hallways and all the marble corridors or do you want to bring them down the garden path and katarina and i just kind of we talked about it we said let's let's have them come down the garden path and so that's what we had decided and then i since i was there a little bit early the staff had me wait in in one area and i happened to notice one of our guests being escorted through and they couldn't see me but i saw them from across the room one of our guests being escorted through the hotel. And I thought, okay, but it was not by the hotel staff. It was by one of the planning staff, mm -hmm. uh, not Eugenia. And so I thought, oh, okay, that, that's just one that slipped by. And then I noticed a second person. And then I thought, okay, something, something was miscommunicated. These people should be coming down the garden path, but they're coming down, they're coming through the hotel, which is a beautiful hotel and historic and just gorgeous and so in that moment i kind of had to just make a judgment call am i going to divide my attention 
from being just mentally ready for the ceremony. Uh, divide that with going and hunting down hotel staff, going and hunting down the planning staff, getting guests rerouted through the garden path. I just thought at that moment, I'm like, this is not something that I needed my attention. That's, this is not where I need to place my attention right now. That wasn't the plan, but this it's it just, it is what it is at that moment. You mm-hmm. have to kind of prioritize where to place your energy on the day of the wedding. And, and I could tell that that just, that wasn't something I needed to be doing. No. And that brings us to the day of the wedding. So we had the whole week before where we were meeting with vendors. It didn't feel real until the day of. Absolutely. I think for me, it didn't. I mean, you you know, you're having the meetings, you're still, and I think the one reason why it didn't occur to me until the day of is because the weather too. The weather changes on the island. There's multiple climates on the island itself. So just to give a little brief So to geographically explain kind of the island is the east coast of the island is very dry, like Southern California, very barren, no trees, nothing. When you go to the north side of the island and you have, it looks like, it looks like Hawaii, like the north shores of Hawaii. Then you go south, southern part of the island, you've got Funchal, the capital, which is where the wedding was. And then you go a little west of Funchal and you have banana trees everywhere you look. And we didn't get all the way to the west coast of the island, but it is pretty mountainous there as well. And then you also have the center of the island where you have the highest peaks where it snows. And it could be sunny down by the ocean and snowing in the mountains. So the climate is incredible. The amount of climates you can pick from to visit on the island in one day, like the one day we went from 75 degree weather, drove up to the top of the mountain and it was 50 degrees, cold, rainy. So definitely different climates. And then, you know, you're an island in the middle of the Atlantic. So a cloud will just kind of float on by, let up down the downpour and then continue on its way, which is exactly what happened 24 hours before our wedding, we actually, that's something we should bring up is our rehearsal dinner. We had our rehearsal dinner because it was so hard during the pandemic to plan a dinner because there's so many regulations constantly changing around restaurants, seating, eating, just dining, everything. And most of the restaurants won't sit more than, I believe it was six people inside at a table, outside it's 10. And when you have a destination wedding, usually the rehearsal dinner is kind of a thank you to invite everybody. Thanks for coming. And so we kind of were like, well, we can't do a dinner. What should we do? Should we have a barbecue back at our Airbnb? No, that's just too much mess. We need to do something that we can have the group do. And the idea came up of a boat. I don't know where that idea came from. We thought, why don't we get a boat? And so... We ended up renting a catamaran for three hours that took us out to see dolphins and then out to a pretty cool little snorkel spot. And you have to work with what you've got. You know, yes, rehearsal dinners are usually close family the night before the wedding, but in our case, we thought let's just invite everybody. And it's a huge, we thought it would be a huge thank you for everyone coming and being able to be a part of not just the wedding day, but it kind of prolonged the whole celebration as well, I would say. And so when our boat, when the catamaran was coming back into the Funchal Marina at five o'clock the night before the wedding, it started to rain. And the forecast for the day of the wedding was 80% chance rain. That 
right there, I just was like, great. Everything's been, you know, we made it to the island. Everything's been going smoothly. The vendors are amazing. Of course, it's the weather at the last minute that's not going to cooperate. But just taking a moment to just let go and be like, you know what? It is what it is. Hopefully the weather is works in our favor. And we had plan B set up. Eugenia was in contact with me the night before. She said, looks like we're setting up for plan B, which was we and we did the week of the wedding. We also walked through the venue with the hotel staff and their event coordinator. And so she showed us plans B because that week there was rain a few days, sun a few days, and maybe it rained a little in the morning and then beautiful sunny the rest of the day. So that's something we kind of we just weren't sure how the weather pattern would be the day of the wedding. And we had plan B ready to go until about midday of the day of the wedding to then Eugenia sent a text. We're going with plan A. Oh no, she called me. She, had, she called me out sitting by the pool, having a cup of tea, relaxing the day of the wedding. And she said, we're going with plan A. Looks like we're, you know, blue skies. And the whole day we had clear skies, barely any clouds into the evening, beautiful moonlight, just on that end we ended up you know you kind of look into before you it was hard for us on the tropical island how do you plan when's the best time to visit a place or visit Madeira but that's something also whatever your destination is do look into the weather but also trust the locals and see how they're feeling because they live there they know how the weather is And so everybody was just like, well, you know, it might rain, it might not rain. Even like the week of, everyone said, well, it looks like there might be a chance of rain on Friday, but we'll see what happens. And if it were to rain, it would be good luck, which is what we Mm -hmm. heard, but it didn't rain. Yeah, so the weather cooperated. And then the day of, that was, I was pretty calm, I would say. I, I knew, I trusted everybody that we had hired. At that point, we met everybody, things were going well. I didn't get nervous until actually I saw Eugenia. I was on the balcony. I stayed there. I stayed at the Reed's Palace Hotel the night before with my cousin, who was also my maid of honor. And we stayed at the hotel that morning. Yeah, we just had a nice breakfast. And in the afternoon at one o'clock, the hair and makeup team arrived. And I was still calm, calm. We were getting ready. We had some champagne. Music was playing. And then when Eugenia showed up, it all hit me. I think that's when it totally hit me. This is real. I started crying, of course. I was like, oh my gosh. And she showed me the bouquets, which there's also, I guess, bouquets. That's one thing. Oh, we didn't talk about the cake too and how that came about. But some things, see what things are important for you for the day of your wedding. What are you just, I have to have, like we had mentioned earlier, being assertive. This is what I need to have. Like my dream wedding will absolutely need to have this. And then look at the things that you care about, but they won't make or break your day. And for me, that was my bouquet of flowers. I sent a few pictures to Eugenia. She sent it to the flower vendor and we thought, okay, I said, you know, as long as you get something, it should be about this size, these colors. I don't specifically care what what type of flowers you can get. Also, that's another thing is some of the flowers had to be imported from the island because of the weather they were having this past year. So the flowers didn't bloom as they typically bloom. So there was a shortage of certain flowers. Certain flowers had to be imported. I think it was the roses they ended up Mm -hmm. having to import. And then also last minute changes. I think we had to make the day before the wedding was what kind of flowers would be on the chairs at the ceremony. 
and the florist said because it's so hot i mean it was like upper 70s the rose wouldn't last so can we do baby breaths and some other flower and we thought you know what flowers are going to be beautiful no matter what it's pick and choose your battles and we thought you know what they're going to look beautiful we've got to let that go and just go with the flow on that so yeah and i saw the flowers they were beautiful and then how was your experience the day of the wedding I was a little nervous. I think, I think the only reason, not the only reason, I think probably the main reason I was nervous is because we had the wedding live streamed. So we had worked with a company here back in the States, Lovestream. They did a great job. The hotel had set up a dedicated Wi-Fi uh, network for us. And we had three smartphones on tripods doing with a live feed and a production team back in Atlanta, North Carolina production team that that was switching you know from each camera as we went through the ceremony my most of my nerves were about messing up and then you're not just messing up in front of whoever's there you're messing up in front of everybody who's looking at that live stream and the live stream was also recorded so it's like so when you have a videographer the day of your wedding obviously that's all edited content so you know you fumble or you trip or whatever you drop something or you say the wrong thing that all can be edited out and then when the final product is sent out to all of your loved ones it's produced live stream is not like that it's live stream is everything that's going on is instantly broadcast across the planet and then also being saved so there's there's no editing of that so that made me a little nervous just because i didn't want to make a mistake or do something dumb that you know everybody sees I think other than that, I was, I was once I got to the venue or once they, we went, were told we were going with plan A, I felt better about that. So that eased some of my anxiety. Once I got to the venue and I saw everything set up and I saw everybody working diligently, that brought down my anxiety. And then, yeah. And then once the music started, uh, we had a really beautiful harpist and violinist for our ceremony music live there at the venue and they were, they were amazing once once they started playing the music uh, i was good i was good to go yeah especially if you're having a destination wedding and a lot of people can't make it is you're able to live stream there's so many companies out there now especially with the pandemic we found i found live stream i think through instagram and i know i follow bitches brides that helped me during my planning time that podcast and one of the girls from her wedding had her wedding live streamed because she wasn't able to originally invite the 200 guests because of the rules. Oh, that's another thing is double check wherever your location is, is what the laws are for the venue and weddings. In Portugal, weddings, the venue is allowed to have 50% capacity due to COVID. And actually our guests were supposed to wear masks every time they walked around the venue, unless they were with our group. So that's something else as a side note is check what the restrictions, regulations are wherever you are going, because that'll also, we had to tell our guests, you know, don't forget to bring a mask just because we're all gonna be together without masks. Whenever you use the restroom, all of that, you have to have your mask with you. But you know, the day of the wedding, and then as you said, the music started playing and yeah, walking down the steps, I was definitely crying and then once I got to the altar I think then I just and seeing you and seeing everything was there everybody was there 
I kind of forgot about the live stream. I did too. You just check out. And the fact that it was on just phones too. I, for, I did during the one part of the ceremony go, oh, wait, aren't there live stream phones somewhere? But you don't want to be like looking for them. Mm. But you definitely, it is unedited. I mean, there's a part where I took my tissue and I like chucked it far away from me because I didn't want it to be in any pictures. And of course the live stream caught that. And I'm just like, oh, so... But the family and friends who watched it, they said, you know, it felt like we were at a real wedding. Like we saw all of the behind the scenes or, you know, all of a sudden you changed. We did the vows and then there's a moment while, you know, we had to get our pictures taken, things like that. You just see the unedited. So that was really cool. But but yeah, it was the most beautiful day of my life and everything worked out amazingly. We ended up having little fireworks, too, which that's a fun surprise for when you're sparklers. like sparkler big sparklers behind us when we cut the cake oh the cake that's right when you're planning a wedding see what's important to you and what's important to your partner and this is something we ended up having dinner with our wedding planner after the wedding she said it was so great like you said katarina said i wasn't really big into the cake had no really thoughts i had an idea of what i wanted it to look like what color but that was it and jesse was like well i, I do want a good cake i want it to be good and so, and Eugenia loves cakes. So I just let Jesse and Eugenia kind of run with the cake. And we never went to one cake testing. Nothing. To be honest, we didn't go cake testing. The dress I wore was the first and last wedding dress I tried on, which was custom made. Oh, that, yes, my wedding dress was made by Wear Your Love. It's a small store from Northern California where they custom make your wedding dress. They have a few designs you can choose from. There's some customization to it. You send in your measurements and they make the dress for you. And that was a little nerve wracking too, but it fit perfectly. I mean, we were, but we're two people who we know when we like something, we're not indecisive too. So I think with just that kind of feeling, we're like, nope, we're going to go with it. This is great. But definitely the day of the wedding, go with the flow, like Jesse had mentioned about, you know, the guests were being led the wrong way. There's no point about getting frustrated about those little things, because in the grand scheme of the day, everything worked out. There wasn't an issue anywhere. We had a little glitch with the wind during our candle ceremony, but minus that, everything just smoothly flowed. And yeah, most beautiful day of, of my life. In conclusion, planning a destination wedding during a pandemic, call us brave, call us crazy. Somehow we pulled it off and it was absolutely amazing. Um, but we do have a few tips in conclusion to everything we've talked about. I think one of the main things is find a local wedding planner. Do your research, interview a few people, see how the chemistry works because like Jesse had said it right at the beginning when we spoke to Eugenia is, you are going to be with this person for a year or more, depending on you know your wedding timeline. You're going to be calling with them. It's not just about the one day. It's about your relationship with them throughout. Let go and trust the hired professionals. Everybody is a professional, especially this isn't their first wedding. Trust that they you've picked someone. You've done your job by picking them and let them do their job because... I think once you start micromanaging or trying to control little details, it's not fun for anybody. So there's that. Do your research about the location. We definitely did, did research about Madeira. 
when we were picking vendors, we were given, a, I mean, we did have only so many to choose from on the island. It's not like we had, you know, a hundred photographers to choose from or very few select, but we did the research. We looked at their pages. So that kind of helped in our decision-making. Yeah. I think if, if you're going to have a destination wedding again, and if it's a more of a remote locale on someplace, you know, like, like ours was, you don't speak the language. So you're, you're, relying on the planner you've hired to be your advocate. I think one of the things that's probably good to discuss with them in the interview process is what are the procedures for changes? So like every wedding is going to have changes. As you get through the planning process, you're going to add something or delete something. We added an arbor, an arch with flowers. We added, you know, flowers to the seats. We added this, we added that. And so one of the great things uh, that Eugenia would always do is she would update an invoice or if we added something, she would get for us the specific cost increase for us to approve. So we never, you know, it wasn't this nebulous amount floating out there like, oh, it's just a little bit more kind of a casual thing. She was, you know, she, we add something, she's like, okay, let me get the price on that. She would present us with a price and we would approve or, or deny. So I, I think knowing how they're going to do the billing and how they're going to do changes, that's an important question to ask early on. I don't think we actually asked that question, mm -hmm. which is odd because Katarina and I are pretty diligent on finances. Like we were, you know, we're, we're your savers, we're not spenders. And so we, that wasn't a question we asked, but it's just how Dream Day manages their operation. And mm -hmm. Probably another good point. In the beginning, we thought we were going to have a larger guest count just because mm -hmm. we invited people and then through the process of people that weren't able to make it. So at one point, we had enough people to where Eugenia said, hey, would you like the option of a second staffer, another Dream Day staff coming from the mainland of Portugal to come and assist her on the day of the wedding? So, that, you know, for guest issues or vendor issues or whatever. And we had said, yeah. She gave us a price. We approved. We said, yeah, we, we would like to do that. We, we want it to be as smooth as possible. So yes, we want that second individual. But about a week and a half before the wedding, or week and, about a week and a half before our arrival, Eugenia said, hey, I just want to fall back on something we talked about. She's like, you guys approved a second staffer. She said, but really at your guest count, which we were at 21, she said, at your guest count, it's really not that necessary. She's like, if you want to have it, that's fine. She's like, but I don't think, I, she says, I don't think I need a second planner there with me. She said, let's save that money. She's like, you can apply that money to something else or you can just save that money. And so for us to have somebody do that for us was huge because it just shows, again, she, we weren't, you know, she wasn't looking to maximize her profit off, off of us. She was wanting to make sure we had a really good experience and she found a way to save us some money right at the end, which she could have, I mean, we, we weren't thinking about it. We didn't, it didn't even cross our minds until she brought it up and we went instantly went, oh yeah, duh. Mm -hmm. No, we, we don't need that second person anymore. Just enhance the experience for us because we just, that was just one more thing, one more instance that showed us that she really had, you know, had our best, best interests at heart. And that she looked at the big picture right from the beginning. If you remember when we first started talking about budget, of course, is a big question whenever you're planning a wedding. And 
right away we started talking about we wanted this we weren't sure about this and she's like that's great but you guys have to remember you still have to pay for flights and your accommodations and the while you're here and both of us were just like and we're we traveled we've and both, we're both experienced travelers. travelers that didn't even occur to us oh my gosh that's right in the budget don't forget to include your travel getting to and from the airport your accommodations, the week of, the night of the wedding, the night before the wedding. COVID tests. COVID tech. Yeah, that was a huge. Uh, in that, the, in that's the, a significant cost. Yeah, in the States, it was huge. There, we only paid about 20, 20 euros. 20 euros, yeah. yeah. So, but still, those are things that you do need to think about. And there's also, you know, are you going to have your guests back, um, tested before the wedding? We did end up having that option. We said no because everybody had to get tested to get on the island anyway. Yeah. So, and I think bringing up COVID too is divide and conquer before you go. That was a huge help for us because right before you're planning a trip, of course, you're getting everything together, all the documents. And with COVID now, you know, you needed, we needed a passenger locator card, which was this account. So we could get to Portugal. Then we had to have something with Madeira safe, which was another account. And so Jesse handled all of that, which was great because Right before we were leaving, there were still like the final wedding stuff. I got all the vendor stuff together, everything, the schedule, where we were meeting, who we were meeting with and everything and organizing all of that. So divide and conquer with your partner. Wedding planning is one of the first tests of your real big tests of your relationship sometimes and work as a team. It is a partnership. Divide and conquer because you will both be less stressed, even though I was beyond stressed. I definitely had my moments, but overall, amazing experience, very stressful, but very fulfilling. Yeah, I would say be over, over prepared. So Katerina had this amazing folder with everything printed in a timeline of when we were going to need it. So, you know, you open the folder on the day we left the country, the first items there were obviously our flights leaving home and then the next thing you know then it was it just kept going in sequence of when we needed the document so the next things in the dot in the list was our passenger locator cards and then our madeira safe and then once we got onto the island then it was airbnb contact information she had all this stuff printed out while on your trip i think is a good idea no absolutely but beautiful wedding absolutely and madeira we're already i'm already planning our next trip i don't know when but (laughs) We will be there. Yeah, we want to go. It's an outdoor paradise. So Mm -hmm. we want to go on another trip there, but pack, not pack for a wedding, but pack for snorkeling, pack for some serious hiking because there's some amazing hiking trails there. We Mm -hmm. saw all kinds of animal life. We just missed a rock slide. Two um, rock slides. Two rock slides in in a remote part of the remote part of the hike, which few days later when we had dinner with our wedding planner, Eugenia, she told us about how many people have gone missing on that trail just this year. And so we we thought, well, that was, that's interesting information after we did the hike. And it was sketchy. I'm, I've got a pretty good background in outdoor survival. And there were some parts there where it was sketchy. So it was awesome. We want to go back and do it again. Yeah. We were definitely prepared for a wedding, not for hiking there that's for sure we both had our nikes on yeah but again destination wedding call us brave call us crazy it was well worth it 
Thank you for listening to From the Honeycomb. I hope you enjoyed the conversation I had with Jesse. Hopefully we shared some insights, some tips, and shared the story of our wedding because it was absolutely incredible, but well worth it. So thank you again for listening. Don't forget to rate and review. If you send a screenshot of your review to honeycombblog at gmail.com, I'll provide this email in the show notes. Send a screenshot of the review and you'll get a special meditation sent to you that was made by me for you, my listener. All right. Thank you so much and see you next Friday.